Welcome to the free sermon podcast of the Potter's House Church in Virginia Beach, affiliated with Christian Fellowship Ministries. Our vision is winning souls, making disciples, and planting churches. It's time for Next Gen Friday. We are so excited about the future of our fellowship that we highlight the 40 and under pastors of CFM. We hope you are inspired by the deep bench of pastors and leaders coming up around the world. Make sure to subscribe from wherever you're listening to continue hearing life-changing messages. If you like what you hear, please support World Evangelism by subscribing to the premium version of this podcast for even more sermons. Links are in the show notes. Enjoy today's sermon. And also Pastor and Vanita, their exampleship here and faithfulness to plant churches over time. Uh, planting one church is exciting. Planting churches over decades uh, is costly and exhausting, and it takes faithful, uh, brave men to do it, and I appreciate that. Amen. Revelation chapter 22, if you'll turn there with me. A few weeks ago, I was in Prescott, and in the, in the morning, talking to some of the young guys, and one of these guys uh, Nathan, he was, I knew he was engaged to be married, but I didn't know when the wedding was. And I asked him, I said, Nathan, how long? And like, before I could even get the question out of my mouth, he gave me this incredibly detailed answer. It was like two weeks, four days, four and a half hours (laughs) until the wedding, right? You know, it's, he's been waiting for that his whole life. That's why he knew it wasn't like, you know, he's going, uh, yeah. I don't know, it's next month or something? Because that is the moment he has been waiting for, for uh, if not all, at least most of his life. Now, the scripture we're going to read, we're uh, going to use as a launching point, but a very simple truth, and that is that true Christianity is lived in the light of and with an eye toward the rapture. I want to tell you, listen, the rapture is not the end of Christianity. The rapture is the why of Christianity. Some people have this idea that, yeah, we don't really need to talk about the rapture because it just shows up at the end. We don't need to worry about it. And I want to tell you that is, that is wildly incorrect. The rapture is what we are aimed at. And I want to preach A very simple message this morning called The Moment We've Been Waiting For. Revelation 22, you can read with me beginning in verse 12. If you have a paper Bible, it's the last page. Uh, If you're still reading the gospel off a dead tree. So most everyone else has got the app, so you just type it in. Anyway, Revelation 22, verse 12. It says, And behold, I am coming quickly, and my reward is with me to give everyone according to his work. I am the Alpha, the Omega, beginning and the end, the first and the last. Blessed are those who do his commandments, that they may have the right to the tree of life and may enter through the gates of the city. But outside are dogs, sorcerers, sexually immoral, murderers, idolaters, whoever loves and practices a lie. Verse 16, I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you these things in the churches. I am the root And the offspring of David, the bright and the morning star, and the spirit of uh, and the bride say, Come, and let him who hears say, Come, and let him who thirsts come. 
Whoever desires, let him take the water of life freely. The moment we've been waiting for. Let's talk first just for a moment about the purpose of the rapture. Now, the rapture is an important theological event for Christians. Most of the complaints or false doctrines or alternate rapture theories uh, that you read, they are based in two fundamental misunderstandings. First, a misunderstanding of doctrine. In other words, not bothering to consider what the Bible actually says about the end times, but that is based on the other misunderstanding, which is a misunderstanding of the character or the nature of God. You have to remember doctrine is based in God's character. The Bible does not contain God's character and God's doctrine. It contains God's character, which is God's doctrine. And so when you read, and I I use the, the phrase alternate rapture theories, you know, alternate rapture theories, they're like alternate genders, you know. They don't really exist. You just made them up. I apologize, gee. (laughs) But it's a failure to grasp who God is, what his purpose is, and his nature. So the essential event of the rapture, 1 Thessalonians 4, 16, the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, the voice of an archangel, the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. This is the essential event. At a moment in time, Jesus will come, take the church back to heaven where we will live with him. So the primary purpose of the rapture is to save the righteous from judgment. And you've got to grasp this because many false doctrines are based in the idea that the rapture accidentally saves Christians from judgment. In other words, that's just one of the things that happens. No, that is why it happens. This is a doctrinal foundation. Genesis 7-1, the Lord said to Noah, go into the ark with your household because you are righteous. Genesis 18-26, the Lord said, if I find in Sodom 50 righteous, then I won't destroy. We know the end of the story. God doesn't find 50 but he takes righteous lot out and on and on. So understand this. This is God's character. When judgment comes, he removes the righteous first. And that is critical that we grasp because what a lot of the false teaching is based in is the idea that God's people need to be purified or we need a little bit of punishing. You know, uh, Pastor Heimberg, it's really not fair if we get raptured. You know, those Christians in the first century, man, they really, they got tortured. So God probably wants to torture us too. You don't know who God is. You have missed the point. When judgment comes, God's character is he removes the righteous. In fact, Abram very boldly says to God in Genesis 18.25, Far be it from you to do this, to slay the righteous with the wicked. And so listen, God's character and God's testimony throughout history are that he saves the righteous 
before he judges sin. Now, obviously related to that, if God is saving the righteous and that is the primary purpose of the rapture, then along with that, the rapture is about judging sin. That's been uh, understood since the beginning. The rapture is necessary so that God can righteously judge sin. When God removes the righteous, then he's able to bring judgment in righteousness on a sinning world. How many of you had this teacher in school? You're sitting there, everyone's behaving, and yet there's that one knucklehead who won't shut up. And then the teacher cancels recess for the whole class. You ever had that teacher? Are you still bitter? It's all right, you can get saved this morning. God is not that teacher. God doesn't say, all right, that's it. There's sinners in the world. I'm punishing everybody. He removes the righteous. So this is the primary purpose. But the secondary purpose of the rapture is to change God's end time focus. Now, I'm not going to dive into prophecy. You can do that on your own at another time. But if you look at Daniel and his prophecy of 70 weeks, which is describing the time up until the end, it's 70 weeks that are about Israel and the nations of the world that have mistreated Israel. But right uh, near the end of that, there's a pause. That whole plan goes on pause while God does what we are seeing right now in our world, Acts 15, 14, how God visited the Gentiles to take out of them a people for his name. This is what we call the church age. So God's other plan is on pause while he's dealing with the church but there's going to come a moment when the church age is over God will return to his schedule and finish what he started with Israel and the nations of the earth revelations chapter 4 verse 1 is a crucial verse in understanding the rapture if you read revelations chapters 1 2 and 3 the perspective is from earth uh, John is seeing from earth. But in chapter 4, verse 1, the Lord says, Come up here, and I will show you the things that will happen after this. This is the rapture. And if you read the rest of the entire book of Revelation, the perspective is from heaven. At that point, the church goes to heaven, and now our perspective has shifted. And this is crucial to understand, because we're not part of that story. If you come from a religious background or you've been persuaded that there is a mid-tribulation rapture, then your first argument is with the Bible. And if you can defeat the Bible in argument, then let's talk. But that's not going to happen. Because the Bible declares the rapture happens before all of the judgment we read about in tribulation. So let's talk then about the principles of the rapture. The key defining element of the rapture is speed. Verse 12, behold, I'm coming quickly. Verse 20, he who testifies of these things says, surely I am coming quickly. The rapture is something that will happen so suddenly and so without warning, it'll be over before we realize it's happening. When I was 17, I moved out of the home and the reason I moved out of the home when I was 17 was because I had lipped off my mom 
And uh, my dad, who is not much taller than me, but, you know, he was just built like a fire truck. And uh, he came up to me, got real close, and he said, so, you're a tough guy, huh? So here's the deal. Either I'm going to bend you over my knee and spank you like a little baby, or you can take this like a man. What would you like? And, you know, like every 17-year-old, I'd take it like a man. But I couldn't even say the last word. I'm like, I'll take it like a, and then I was blinking, and I could see the ceiling. And then I see my dad's face come into view, and he's leaning over me on the floor, and he's like, I'll bet you'll never say that again, will you? It was over before I realized it started. That's what's going to happen in the rapture. It says in 1 Corinthians 15, in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye. Listen, it doesn't say it will start in a moment. You know, you see these Christian movies, and you know, God bless them for their effort, but Christian movies are lame. Don't get me started on Christian music. That's a different sermon. But, you know, in the rapture, you know, it starts and people take off like Superman, flying through the air. You know, they're like, you are missing it. It says, in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, we shall be changed. Not, we'll start being changed, or we're going to take off on a supersonic flight. It will simply be over. Have you ever had a dream that's like a normal day? You know one of those dreams where in your dream you wake up and get ready and go to work? You ever have one of those? So depressing. And then you wake up, and then you realize, now i got to get up and go to work? <laughs> My personal opinion, because the Bible declares the rapture is, is an event that possesses no time. It's over the moment it starts. My conviction is that what's going to happen is one day, and maybe it's today, we're going we're gonna to blink. We're gonna, it's like we're going to wake up and, and it'll be right. I don't think when we get to heaven, we're going to be bewildered. Oh my gosh, this is amazing. You know, one of these old skits I saw, you know, they're like trying to peel up the ground. Oh, it's gold. I don't think it's going to be like that. I think what's going to happen is we're just going to be moving through life and, and it's going to be like waking up and we're going to realize this is home. This is where I'm supposed to be. It will be right. It will be normal. Listen, read the Bible. We can't find a, a, a precedent where being with God or being in the will of God is uncomfortable or awkward. It's just right. We're going to wake up. It's just going to be right one day. So here's the key defining element is it is fast. It's over almost before it starts. But a crucial element of the rapture is that it will be blatant and it will be obvious. Some teach the rapture has already happened. Yeah, you didn't notice. Yeah, you obviously didn't get an invitation. I had someone tell me one time, yeah, the rapture already happened. I was like, seriously? Oh, man, we are in a heap of trouble, aren't we? Right? Or that it's going to be this hush-hush thing, and when it happens, people are going to, you know, they're going to explain it away, you know. The news is going to spin it. Hogwash. Read the Bible. It says, as in the days of Noah, what happened in the days of Noah, right? A flood that destroyed the entire planet. 
Now, I understand it's also talking about society, eating, drinking, giving in marriage, etc. They were unrighteous. But then it says there will be two men in a field. One will be taken. The other will be left. There will be two women working in a mill, one taken and the other left. And the example that it's painting is of two things. One is that every person on earth is going to observe it. There's no one that's going to be like, the rapture really, are you sure it really happened? That's not going to happen. It's going to either be on the news or in your Twitter feed or in front of your face as cars go off the road, as the world goes haywire, the the picture of the flood, something that absolutely rocks the world. And listen, this is doctrinally important because the Bible says there's a season of chaos the Antichrist steps into. Listen, if the rapture is a hush-hush event, there's no chaos. In fact, if the rapture was real quiet, the rest of the world would be really happy. They'd be like, man, those annoying street preachers are gone. This is okay. But it is going to be an emotionally cataclysmic event for the planet. It will be blatant and it will be obvious. But the sobering element of the rapture is that it is unknown. Now, the most common wrong teaching about the rapture usually is about the time or the date of it. Since the very beginning of Christianity, there's been people that have tried to predict when it's going to happen. I think some of them are legitimately just misguided. They read the Bible, you know, and I love the way they describe it. You know, like if you take your Bible and you turn to Isaiah and then you turn it upside down, you take the first letter of every line on the left side, and then it says, you know, John F. Can I think, come on. I, I think maybe there are some people that they just, you know, they're just dumb. And then you also have those that are scam artists, which we've seen forever. You know, there was the group a number of years ago, the rapture's going to happen May 21st, sell all of your property, give all the money to me. Of course, I'm going to need it after the rapture, right? That. But see, the problem is, is that that is not biblical. You cannot predict the date of the rapture. In our scripture, he says, I am coming quickly. Now, that doesn't mean that he is coming quickly, right? Jesus doesn't say, all right, on your marks, get set, and Usain bolts his way down to earth to snatch us up at lightning speed. That word quickly means suddenly without warning, with no expectation. If you read the parables about the thief in the night or the bridegroom coming, it's something that happens at an unknown time. In Matthew 24, 36, of that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, but my Father only. And it is the unknown time frame of the rapture that has given Christianity clarity and urgency for the last two millennia. So let's talk then about the call of the rapture. Number one, it is obviously a call to a lifestyle. Verse 14 of our scripture says, Blessed are those who do his commandments, that they may have the right to the tree of life and may enter through the gates into the city. Listen, the rapture is a final and an ultimate judgment on our lifestyle. At the moment of the rapture, what you have been, you will always be. It's done. 
It's over. There's no more course corrections. There's no more, you know what I'm going to do is I'm going to really try to fix myself up. Or I'm going to start being nice to my wife. Listen, in that instant, it is over. It becomes solidified. Matthew 25, the parable of the bridegroom. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came and those who were ready went in and the door was shut. The door to their future was shut completely. In other words, their chance to make different decisions or change their lifestyle was over forever and now they were called the foolish. Listen, here's the issue of the rapture. It really boils down to are you right with God? At this moment, you still have time to get right with God. But you won't always. Listen, I'm going to give you some really good advice. You ready for this? I don't know, some of the guys in my church say, I'm going to drop some knowledge on you. Stop reading Left Behind. It's garbage. There's no after the rapture, you know, Christian special forces. That's not happening. The moment the rapture happens, it's done for you. And I know you can make a theological argument that there might be a possibility. But listen, if you you can't live for God right now. Oh, no, yeah, pastor, after I'll, I'll get right with God. Come on. Right now you have a chance. But see, there's going to be a moment when you no longer have the opportunity to get Right with God. One day that door will close and you'll be stuck. This is what destiny means. In our generation, we use the word destiny wrong. We think it's a prediction. Oh man, he's destined to be great. The word doesn't mean that. It doesn't, that's your misunderstanding. Destiny is a word you use at the end. Destiny is a description. Destiny is what goes on your tombstone, not on your birth certificate. In other words, at the moment you die or the moment the rapture happens, who you are in that moment, that is your destiny. In other words, it's the end words or the last words. So I'm curious, if the rapture happened today, what would it say about you? For some of us, the rapture Because what it does is it writes the last words. For some of us, it would write, he was thinking about getting right with God. Dot, dot, dot. And that's it. And that'll be the last words written about us. For some, they didn't take it seriously. Dot, dot, dot. There will be some that the last words the rapture will write about your life is they thought secret sin wasn't that big of a deal. Dot, dot, dot. Because that's what happens in the rapture is in that instant with no warning. Listen, don't, I know in the movies there's the big trumpet. Oh, Lord Jesus, please forgive me. It's not going to happen. Because in an instant... You're just who you are now. It just becomes solidifying. I'm curious, what will eternity say about you if the rapture happened today? So it's a call to a lifestyle. But it's also a call to labor. Verse 17, the spirit and the bride say, come and let him who hears 
say come. He's speaking about the church. The bride uh, is saying come, imploring people to get their hearts right with God. That's what I'm doing this morning. I'm imploring you, come with us. Why would you willfully miss this? Why would you choose differently? But greater than that, what about your family? Oh, Pastor Heinberg, man, I, I want to tell my dad, I'm just waiting for the right moment. Man. What about your friends? Don't you want them to come with you? I had a conversation with a guy not too long ago who was wrestling with this very thing. And so finally I said, bro, do you believe you're going to heaven? And he said, yes. I said, do you believe what the Bible says about reunion in heaven? And he said, yes. And I said, who are you going to have a reunion with? You got nobody going with you. Everybody you know is going to hell because you refuse to witness to them. Listen, what about it? What about your city or your unit or whatever? Why don't you want to bring them with you? See, this is the great call of the rapture, is the call to simply do what we can to make sure others come with us. In our scripture, it's a picture of great urgency. It's saying, come. And it's a word of exhortation. Come with us. Come uh, to Jesus. Listen, this is the call of the rapture, is a call to labor, and ultimately, it's a call to reward. Verses 12 to 14 Behold, I'm coming quickly, and my reward. Is with me. I am the Alpha Omega, beginning and end, first and last. Blessed are those who do his commandments, that they may have the right to the tree of life and may enter through the gates into the city. In verse 17, and let him who thirsts come, whoever desires, let him take the water of life freely. Listen, this is why we talk about the rapture, because it's good news. It is really dang stinking good news. It's the best news. That's why it says, therefore, comfort one another with these words. I'm, a, I'm not a athletic. I don't play sports. And I don't know if that's obvious from where you're sitting. I've just, but one of the things I love is I love uh, backcountry backpacking. In the desert, I like to get out. We, my sons and some friends, we go into the Grand Canyon at least once a year. The great thing about the Grand Canyon is cell phones don't work down there. The canyon is a unique place. If you hike a mountain, you know, you go up first and then down. When you hike a canyon, you go down first and then up. If you don't understand why that is, I'm sorry, I can't help you. <laughs> but the thing about a mountain is, you know, mountains... So when you go up and when you come down the trail, it's difficult. But what happens is it starts mellowing out. You know, it starts and you're going and you're, you're, you know, your leg. But then all of a sudden you're in the parking lot and you're like, oh, man, I didn't even realize the trail was over. Canyon isn't like that. We were just there a couple weeks ago. We came out a, a new trail we haven't done. It's what we call an efficient trail, which means brutal. It means it goes up fast. I know I'm a short guy, but most of these steps were higher than my knees. You know, so you're just cranking out the mind. You're, you're just, I just got to get out. I'm, I'm moving. It's been four days now. But the cool thing about hiking out of the canyon is that it's over all of a sudden. 
I mean, you will be, the, the last little bit of the, the tanner trail is these tight switchbacks. So you are, you're going up, and then you turn, and you're going up, and you're going up. And so, you know, you've got to get into the zone. You know, you're like, all right, I'm just moving, you know. I count my steps. That's the only way I can keep from losing my mind. That's one, two, three, four. And you're just going. And what happens is you're just doing this, and, man, your, your body is crying out uh, for a hamburger uh, and a Coke. And you're just, and then what happens is you, you take a turn, and it's trees, and it's flat, and there's your truck. And it happens just like that. It, it's, it happens so quick, it takes a minute. You're, you're just like, wow, I'm done, because we've been in there for four days. And it's over, and it, it, I come walking out grinning like a fool. Everyone's like, what are you smiling about? What am I smiling about? I'm not hiking anymore. It's going to happen one day, folks. A lot sooner than I think most people think. Here we are as Christians. We're just cranking out the miles, step after step after step. And there's going to be no warning. There's going to be no, and we're going to take a turn, and suddenly we'll be there face to face with our Savior. That's what we live for. Amen. Let's bow our heads together just for a moment. Thanks again for listening to the free version of the VBPH Sermon Podcast, where we post sermons on Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays, and Sundays. We also have a premium version of this podcast, which posts sermons and interviews every single day of the week. So why would you want to subscribe? I'm glad you asked. I have five reasons for you. Number one, on the premium version, we post full versions of Testimony Tuesday, Pastor Campbell Thursday, and Study Day Saturday. If you'd like to hear those episodes, then subscribe now. Reason number two, uninterrupted listening. We remove all ads and all extraneous content from our premium feed. Reason number three, premium episodes always release six hours earlier than the free version. If you're an early bird, it's a great reason to subscribe. Number four, our subscribers will gain access to our sermon chat group on WhatsApp, where we interact directly with listeners around the globe. If you'd like to chat with other premium subscribers, subscribe today. And finally, every dollar we raise goes to world evangelism. This is the best reason to subscribe because you are helping us launch churches all around the world. We don't put one dime in our pockets. Everything that we raise from this podcast will go directly to Thursday night of Chandler Conference. So please subscribe today by using the links in the show notes below. Thanks. Thank you so much for listening to the sermon podcast of the Virginia Beach Potter's House Church. Were you blessed by today's message? Let us know. Please leave us a rating on Apple Podcast or on Podchaser. We'll be back next time with another life-changing word from heaven. God bless.